Hello, welcome to the second guest episode of the Autos and Airways podcast. I am your host, Alex Shum. Today we are joined by my good friend, Natisha Chatton, all the way from England. Tish, thank you so much for coming on. Really means a lot. I'm looking forward to having you on discussing automotive topics. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So uh, well, start off, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, why you're into cars and yeah. Okay, so I would probably describe myself as um, an automotive social media influencer. The kind of the terms of how I describe myself do flex around quite a lot. My main avenue is YouTube, but of course, with YouTube comes a lot of other social media as well. So I kind of go with the whole social media um, influencer title. Um, I've held a YouTube channel primarily focusing on automotive content, mainly on new car reviews um, for the past two and a half years. I've only really taken it seriously in the last, I mean, nine to 12 months, uh, nine months really seriously, 12 months a little bit more seriously. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's been a really exciting journey. And it's, it's this year that I've started to see a lot of growth and a lot more opportunities opening up. Um, but yeah, I, I have a couple of, uh, I drive an Abarth 595. I have a Lupo GTI that I have in the garage, which is one of my Bucket, bucket list cars I wanted to get um but other than that it's um, the main focus is on new car content yeah right I mean I've been following you for I'd say probably about a year now because I know I discovered you obviously it was through the Defender video your uh Land yeah. video uh you right I think that came out very shortly after I placed my order for mine so I was like watching everything Sure, and that was yeah. one of the things that came up and you know, I was like, and I looked at someone, I was like, okay, this person knows what she's talking about and I'll, I'll follow her and here we are. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, definitely in the past year or so that I've been following you, you've definitely grown a lot, especially in the past few months. I mean, that's yeah, been, yeah. It's, it's exponential. Just Yes, massively, yeah. I know also you started out working for another YouTube channel you want to maybe discuss mm -hmm. that real quick? We can talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, sure. So most recently, um, only in the last month, I've started working for another YouTube channel um, called Electroheads. And that it, I'm doing um, exactly the same as what I do for my channel. So new car reviews. Um, but of course, being Electroheads, it's primarily, uh, well, it's solely uh, EV content. Um, but they tend to, they have a little bit of a niche where most of their content is more around uh, other types of mobility. So uh, they do the electric scooters, the electric skateboards, um, all the cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then they really wanted to get me on board to do the bulk of the car content. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, congratulations on that. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of your videos on that. It's kind of same thing that you've always been doing, but a little bit more, I guess for lack of a better term, professional. And I'm not saying yeah. you're not professional because you're not unprofessional no. at all, but it's just yeah. kind of more of a, I guess, media outlet vibe. More Absolutely. Well, that was the conversation we had when Electroheads took me on. And originally they said, we want you to do exactly what you're doing for your channel for us, including um, the filming, the editing, the storyboarding. And I said to them, that was kind of my kind of decision as to whether I was going to go with them. As I said, I'm happy to do everything. I'm happy to script, plan, film, but I would like somebody else to edit them just because I feel that um, with my channel, I, I mean, I still have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So with editing, a lot of the time, I do enjoy editing, but most of the time it comes to just putting it together and it gets out there. Whereas I really wanted, even for my own benefit, I wanted to see somebody else put another element into it. So, um, so yeah, they kind of, they elevate it that much further by adding in just like jokey cartoon bits. And I love that. Like, um, I think a lot of the time as well, like I said to them, like, please take the mickey out of me. Like, make them, like, I don't mind, I'm happy being a joke. Like, if I say something you find funny, like, please find a way to twist that. And like, and that's what they do. And I, re I really like it actually. That's great. I mean, yeah, I think it's um, like I said, I haven't really watched a whole lot of it yet, but um, it, like that's like what I said. It seems more like 
that's just professional and i and like i yeah, said I'm, it's I'm, just it's just my content that elevated even more. Correct. Yeah, that's great. And that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know like with editing, I I do YouTube as well, obviously not to the extent that you do. And for me, it was more of just a hobby. Um, and it just, it just didn't, and this is actually something I'm going to announce it here on this show. I, I was going to announce it a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, put it on my story just to, on my Instagram story, just to put it down 30 seconds later. Um, so for YouTube's going to be on a hiatus, um, not indefinite videos will be out, but it's just, I don't have the time for me personally. It's, I struggle to get cars to film, you know, yeah, film my friends' cars, but that's not going to work. You know, some dealers would let me do it, but I just don't really have the time. You know, I have a full-time mm -hmm. job as well. It just, it just doesn't work. So I'm, Kind of putting my efforts toward this because this sure. i've only done two episodes and it's, it's actually taken off way way more than i was ever expecting which is great and the fact that i can just all i need to do is talk to myself or talk to a guest and hit record and you know when we're done we're done and that's mm -hmm. there's almost no editing to that and it's just kind of you know it's the same thing uh kind of as youtube but it's uh, it's just yeah. For, uh, so for now on, it's going to be on a brief hiatus until you know. Occasionally, you'll see a video, but again, like I said, for me, it's a hobby. It's not a job. I don't make money off sure. it. Neither with this, but uh, it's just something that I needed to kind of needed something in my life to just do because yeah. I won't get into that whole sad story, but uh, so um, let's actually move on now to the cars and bids segment. Um, mm -hmm. I'll let you uh, talk about the car that you chose. I'll pull it up. So, so I know that you weren't surprised at what I picked. <laughs> uh, I what your audience won't know is that I'm a massive, massive Volkswagen fan. Have been my whole life. Um, it's very similar to you. Very family um, orientated. All of my family have owned Volkswagens. Um, it's the only brand that I would personally sell um, because I think. A lot when it comes to sales, uh, you have to have a passion for the brand. And I do have a passion for the brand. And yeah, so I have chosen a 1983 Volkswagen Rabbit for you guys, uh, Golf for us, um, GTI. And I knew instantly, as soon as you sent me across the task, I knew that I wanted to find a classic Volkswagen Golf. Um, it was either going to be this or perhaps a Scirocco, uh, Corrado, not really for me. Um, but as anybody, as Alex will know, I know if anybody's listened to this that knows me personally, knows that I have a thing for a car that's a little bit cute. So it definitely ticks that box. Uh, yeah, the interior is just your classic uh, 80s, real great kind of that brushed uh, blue and red. Yeah, just, just really nice. And obviously it's a very clean example. Um, looks great but I just think they're fantastic cars and yeah there's just they they have so much personality I think that's the the main thing um this one's been restored really nicely uh you can tell there's been a lot of love going to it I really like the fact as well that they've said that there's um there's been a unit put in there uh as in like a stereo unit but it's been fit to look this uh, sort of like it would be an original unit. And that's very much something that I am very interested in. So it, even in my car that I've bought recently, uh, I actually took out the upgraded stereo and I put back in the original one. So, cause for me, th those types of cars are, are not about having sat-nav or Apple CarPlay or, or anything like that. It's, it's more about, well, I mean, I, I wanted something that I could put a tape in because I just thought that'd be fantastic to be able to like, put a tape in and um and yeah and use it as it was intended to be used so yeah that's what that's why i chose it yeah i think i think you made a great choice it is a lovely lovely example of a mark one gti i mean it some and like you said someone put a lot of time and effort into making this thing look great i mean it's there's some little rough patches that's to be expected yeah. on a car that's almost 40 years old but it is really nice and I'm, it went for almost twenty thousand dollars so yeah. it, it it really is someone did a great job you know i don't know early gtis are not really my forte mm -hmm. seats look awesome but you know i love me the plaid 
you yeah oh yeah you can't beat chakara you can't beat chakara so i actually i actually had this discussion so i i went to a gti festival this weekend and i actually got chatting to a guy who had a very 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 nice nice new golf gti um but he'd 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 got the colors spot on so he'd wrapped it in like a like an army tactical green color um, and it just oh, really cool. went so well with the green and the golds and tied in with the reds that you get on the GTI. And I was saying to him that uh, when I used to work at Volkswagen, if a customer came in and said to me, I'd like to buy a GTI, um, and then they'd say to me, oh, but I don't want that horrible tartan. Then I'd be like, you don't want a GTI. That is part of the heritage. You cannot come in and tell me that you want a GTI, but you don't want it to have the Jakara, Jakara interior. So kind of speaking of that, you know, Volkswagen in Europe is very different than Volkswagen here in the US, especially when it comes to, you know, trim levels and what you, you know, sure. if you get. So here in the US, they're all a lot cheaper than, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was, I know when um another one of my favorite YouTubers, he uh, got, cause, so it's interesting. Uh, sometimes uh, Volkswagen and Porsche press cars here in the U.S. are German cars. They bring them over here as yep. press cars. I believe that's what because I think the Cayenne that you drove was a, technically a German spec, right? The it one was, he, yeah. So, and the GTI that he drove had a sticker price of it was like I think it was like forty-eight thousand euros, which okay. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but. That's that's a hell of a lot of money. Um, here in the U.S., you know, they just announced pricing for the Mark A GTI. Um, there's three different trim levels. There's like S, S, E, Autobahn. S starts at like like thirty one thousand. Okay. But the only one you can get with a plaid, and it's the base model. And it's, oh, you know, I see. That's what, they, that's what they do here in the U.S. If you want like the plaid interior, you have to get the base model. Yeah, you get black leather on the rest of them. It's just like, why can't I get plaid yeah. with, you know, I want, I want the ambient lighting. I want the Harman Kardon sound system. I want all, I don't, I don't care for the safety features, but I want, you know, I want all the features that you come to expect from a car these days, but yeah, you're forced to get leather. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's also like with the Golf R here in the US, there's one there's one model your only option is do you want an automatic or do you want a dsg or sorry a sure. manual or a dsg sure. um but and then that's yeah it's that's it it comes fully loaded and it's like 40 i think it was like forty-three thousand for the for the right okay model. yeah and then uh like 44 for the dsg sure because we spoke about this as well and and you're you're fully loaded it's it's even it's way more than what we get as standard on on the uh the r over here yeah. And considering the R is, you, you're not really going to see an R for less than £40,000. So to obviously get all of that extra yeah. uh, that you get over there, it's, it's pretty impressive. But it all comes down to the, the following, doesn't it? And um, yeah, people go mad for them over here. In the market too. I mean, it's, you know, I know it's surprising because North America is the only place it's getting the manual. Everywhere else it's DSG only. Um, that's okay. I, okay. That's interesting. Uh, they did. I think the take rate for the manual Golf R here in the U.S. for Mark Seven, it was like, I think it was like forty percent went for went for the. Oh, manual, okay. Which wow. is usually pretty backwards here in the U.S. because not many people actually buy manuals in the U.S. It's um no. It's a, you know, Europe has always been the where everyone gets a manual. Obviously, developing countries, but uh, when it comes to performance cars, and it's also like a, a new G or. 911 GT3, the 991.1, when that came out, it was only PDK. And then they did the mid-cycle update, the 991.2. They gave it a six-speed. 70% of uh, GT3 buyers in the U.S. went for the manual. Um, of wow. Course, that's, wow. That's, that's sure. a really low-volume car. That but really is. It, but it still, it convinced them, hey, we're going to, you know, 992 GT3 manual gets the green light. So yeah, because I don't I don't know if you uh, saw on my I know you watched my Jaguar video, uh, the the F the F type, mm -hmm. uh, the new V8. And um, yeah, the statistics that I read were so obviously it's gone to completely being just automatic now. 
And um, obviously people were heartbroken about that. Some people will complain, but actually uh, in 2019, they sold 11, just 11 manual F-types type, uh, with a V8. And yeah. just, yeah, goes to show it's crazy. Actually, no, that was the, the manual was only on the V6. It came on the base V6. Okay, and yeah. And actually speaking of that, so let's, that's a perfect transition. Let's move on to the car I chose, which surprise, surprise is a Jaguar F-Type. Um, yep. It is, it is actually a V6 it, mm -hmm. share screen. So I went for this, the 2014 F-Type V6S. Uh, this was actually the first year for the F-Type. It's 2014, it was only offered as a convertible. The coupe came in 15 along with the R. So in 14, you had base V6, V6S, which is this one. And then you had the V8S, which then was dropped for 15 in favor for the R. Uh, it is in the perfect uh, color combination. The British racing green metallic with the camel interior, um, 31,000 miles. And even though it's the V6, it still sounds incredible. The exhaust, I mean, yeah. it, it's the V8 obviously is better, but the V6 really is a, it's a good engine. You know, same engine I have in my uh, Discovery, but I mean, this is just, I mean, it's perfect apart from, I don't know what the hell this is. <laughs> Someone decided to put fake carbon, whoops, fake carbon, like, no, no. It's the, uh, it's the interior. I, I take it obviously with, the, with it being the auto, is it the standard, uh, nobody's stuck anything on top of it, no? That's usually what I find when I'm uh, when we get any cars coming to stock and people stick the carbon on top of the there's, the Gislector. There's fake carbon on the cup holder cover. Okay, yeah. Oh, that looks like it's it. I don't see anything else. No, that's, that's good then. <laughs> you, you see, if I bought that, that would come off immediately. Uh, real quick yep. about this car, it's very well equipped. It's got the Vision Package Two. Uh, that gives you uh, a lot of safety features, auto high beam assist, uh, front rear parking sensors, reversing camera. This was before uh, reversing cameras were the law in the U.S. Blind spot monitoring uh, and reverse traffic dete detection. Has the premium package too. It gives you 14-way power adjustable seats, auto dimming, exterior mirrors with power fold, uh, smart key access, uh, dual zone automatic climate control, home link, um, garage door opener, and a wind deflector has the climate package, which is heated seats and heated steering wheel, has the, I mean, you don't need it in this car, but if it was me, I would get it because I'm kind of an audiophile, has the 770 watt Meridian surround sound system, really, really good audio system, has the adaptive dynamics or the adaptive suspension, active exhaust, of course, uh, satellite navigation, has the extended leather pack as well, which gives you leather on the dashboard and on like the top of the doors and bottom of the doors. It's a, it's a really nice, really nicely specced out car. And it has the 19 inch, the optional 19 inch wheels, which are, I could take it or leave it, but they're not that bad, but it is a really nice car. It's a really, I've driven plenty of F-types. I've driven the V6. Um, if I got one, I would be, I would be happy with the V6, but just knowing that the V8 exists you know, kind of makes you second guess yourself. But yeah, so that is my car. Um, so let's actually move on to something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, that would be yep. kind of the whole thing going on with, with uh, you know, you have a sure. fuel crisis, a fuel crisis, I guess. Yeah. Wanna, yeah, I thought yeah. obviously with with a lot of your audience being American, that might be quite an interesting topic because it's something, of course, that's not going on uh, that you may not be aware of. But it's kind of yeah, what we've been living through at the moment, really, which is, I, I mean, the UK is kind of a bit of a laughable place at the moment. Uh, mm. It's just a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. um, with leaving the EU and just and Brexit, just everything going on. It's uh, yeah, it's just it's we're a little all over the place, but. It was more I kind of wanted to talk to you about, um, I guess, my my conspiracy theories of uh, just uh, just how I feel like a lot of things are lining up at the moment. And it seems one of those things where it's it's hard to ignore that. It feels like everything's lining up very, very conveniently 
in the UK right now. Yeah. Yeah, to go, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> I, I really, yeah, I, I mean. Right, let me actually, before we get, before you tell me, this is what sure. I kind of, based on everything that I've seen, you know, I follow a lot of people in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. I actually do have some extended family over there that I don't actually really know, but um, yeah, it is. Uh, this is what I think, or this is what I kind kind of got from it. It was the media, um, yeah, scaring people into thinking there was a fuel shortage when in fact there was not, and then I guess maybe there is now because everyone thought there was, and this was all so. That's that's really all I kind of know about it. So you want to? Sure. Yeah. So I mean that that is that is pretty much it. It summed up uh, just suddenly out of nowhere. Um, there was the media started talking about the fact that at the moment, um, because a lot of our um, HVG drivers, well, because during Brexit, a lot of foreign drivers um, that did a lot of our haulage of our big loads. Uh, were sent back and they they can no longer drive for the UK. And for that reason, there are current delays on and almost everything in the UK is, is slightly delayed. Of course, there's still a backlog from everything that's happened um, during lockdown, during when we obviously had the COVID shutdown and that mixed together with, but, but suddenly out of nowhere, um, there was no shortage, no crisis. And then suddenly it was announced that um, there could be a shortage of fuel. And of course, at that point, uh, everyone went out, absolutely everyone. And I mean, I, I was due to go to Wales that, that weekend and um, I'm not usually one to follow the media, but I mean, I know what, I knew what the UK was like and I knew I needed to get a tank of fuel before everyone did go out and buy. And I know that makes me part of the problem but you could sit back and and I would be left with no fuel. And I know that would be the, that would be the situation. So yeah, it was very much what you said. It was, uh, there was a panic drawn up from the media. Um, but what I was gonna say to you is I'm just gonna, I'm just searching it here to get the exact kind of figures. Um, so the thing that I found very, very suspicious about it is that one, I would say we're probably, I mean, everything, majority of everything coming out of new car factories at the moment, uh, I mean, electric's just blown up, especially in the UK, it's huge. And I mean, you don't even hear about new petrol cars coming out. It's, it's all electric. Everyone's bringing out these electric. It's um, everything's focused around electric. And um, of course there are still some run out of, uh, of petrol cars coming out and, and a few that we're still getting excited about. But the majority of what's coming through is electric. And I think we probably are 12 months to 18 months towards 90% of things coming out of the factories being electric. Um, now, I think it says, yeah, so it says here, so car sales website Auto Trader has reported that there was a huge spike in demand for electric cars uh, during the fuel crisis. Um, it went up by 61% more people were searching for electric cars during the fuel crisis. Um, that paired together with the fact that you can't get a new car at the moment, uh, it all just seems to be very suspicious to me. Um, the fact that you can hardly even purchase a new petrol car if you wanted to order a new petrol car. Um, it just, it very much feels like to me, they're really reducing how many petrol diesel cars are going into the market now, ready for when there is a free flow of them again, we're probably gonna be in a situation where 90% of what comes out of the factories are electric. So yeah, I do. it all feels a little, a little strange at the moment. It's, it's hard to ignore, working in the, working in the industry, it's, it's hard to ignore those facts. Yeah, I think, I think it's interesting, you know, I mean, that is, that's a significant, you know, spike in, in electric car sales and electric car, you know, interest in EVs. Um, and I, I think UK, or they said 2030, everything electric, no more ice. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I have a really hard time believing that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's still eight and a half, nine years out. I just don't think, I 
a lot of stuff like this, politicians, and I'm not getting, without getting too political, politicians say things, you know, they make these just outrageous claims that they're going to do this, they're going to do this. And then, you know, a few years before it happens, it quietly gets rolled back, you know, a couple years and then maybe a couple more years. Especially, I don't know, I'm not very familiar with the infrastructure of the UK, but I'm pretty sure it's not really capable of charging every single mm-hmm. you know car being electric i don't i don't know if that's no really, way no way and, it's no not, way. and even here in the u.s which is a fucking huge country it we don't have the infrastructure for that we don't our current president announced a couple months ago he wants like i think half of all new vehicles sold by 2030 to be electric or you know zero emissions I almost guarantee that will be rolled back quietly a few more years. Yeah. Um, is here at least here in the U.S. ICE will never be federally banned. It's just it's just not possible in a place like this. Or you know, it's a no. country. The, it's the yeah the vastness of it. Right. And kind of speaking of that, another thing I don't we didn't really talk about this before, but I'd like to bring it up. And it's because of you know you can't get cars right now. It's obviously the chip shortage, and I know we wanted mm-hmm. to talk about that and how it's affecting people trying to order cars. Um, I know, obviously, me being a Defender owner, I'm I'm on like all the Facebook um, groups and also for the Discovery uh, Facebook groups as well. Um, I'm really, really, really glad I placed my order for my Defender when I did a year ago. I bet. (laughs) Because now it's, yeah, you, I mean, there's, there's, massive delays mm-hmm. i'm lucky i got mine exactly how i wanted it i'm sure if i were to place if i would have placed it six months ago i would not be getting the car i wanted unless if i because i know like there's stuff like the digital gauge cluster if you are adamant that you want that you can still keep it on your car but it's going to take a year if you want that yeah. so a lot of people are just saying yeah i'll skip that i'll just get the normal gauges yeah. car sooner um, I know I couldn't. Mm. I, don't, I, I actually it, prefer analog gauges, but in that car, I don't. It's, I'm just so used to having the digital stuff now. It, sure. And I know, uh, I think, like with the Discovery, if you want, like, if you want to order a Discovery right now, it doesn't matter, you know, what you get on, get on it or what you don't get. It's going to take like a year because they're yeah uh, they're pushing more toward the Defender because that sells quite a lot more than the discovery discovery just kind of fallen off a cliff in terms of sales in the past few years especially when the defender came out mm-hmm. um, but and it's not just jaguar land rover it, it's everyone um you know 100 miles south of me kentucky speedway which is a nascar track there's like ten thousand ford super duty pickup trucks waiting for transmissions because they don't have chips Ten thousand yep. in the parking lot just sitting there Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, you know, again, it's COVID, it's China is a big problem, not, mm-hmm. not being, you know, getting into politics or anything, they're a big problem, and of course they make it, so they're getting it first, and it's just, but yeah, and I would like to kind of know your thoughts, you know, being, you know, in the auto industry, working for a dealer, what's it been like, what have used cars sales been like, because I'm sure that's oh, it's, it. Yeah, absolutely. Used car sales, it's, it's, mad. it's absolute madness at the moment. It really is. Um, I, I mean, it was a case of, of course, so I, I used to work at Volkswagen. Um, coming up to three years now, I worked at Volkswagen. Um, and at the time, the, the general rule was kind of, um, you buy a new car on, on finance, say, over four years. Um, and we'd usually say to customers when they say, oh, so if I'm in a four-year plan, when can I change? And you'd usually say, well, you you kind of have to reevaluate it as you go along, but it's likely, this would kind of be the spiel, it's likely when you get to the third year mark, that's when you start to balance out between what you owe and what the car's worth. And it's then that you can start to look at changing your car. You may have a little bit of equity, you may be a little bit behind, but that's what the PCP is there for to do. If, if the market drops, then you're protected. If the market goes up, then you can put that towards another car. Uh, and that's kind of everything we'd say. And, um, and my mum bought a Volkswagen uh, in in lockdown last year. Um, and she's had it nine months 
and she's currently in two grand's worth of positive equity after nine months because her car is worth more than she purchased it yeah. nine months ago new there and it's, <laughs> it's the same thing here it's the same thing here. i mean you know like in the defender facebook i mean there have been a lot of people that have sold theirs because they're getting more yeah. than what they paid for that, it with miles i'm like this is the this is the really difficult thing and a, a lot of people coming to me and my friends for advice and um it's very 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 difficult to give advice because um nobody sees the market dropping anytime soon so it's all well and good making a bit of money on a car that you purchase but you you then have to have another car unless you're fortunate enough to uh not need to have another car or to have access to another car but you still have to purchase another car. And it may be the case that you want to buy just a really cheap run around that's, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's the kind of situation that a lot of people are in because a lot of people say, right, okay, my car's worth three grand more than I bought it for two years ago. Um, but I then do have to think about going into something else. That's where it becomes difficult. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw one of the women in the Facebook, used to be in the, Facebook group she since sold her defender she sold it for eleven thousand dollars more than what she paid for eleven grand with like seven thousand miles which just like I'm not I'm not surprised I and like I'm like and that gets me thinking I'm like yeah I would I I, yes I would do that but I would order another defender and I don't want to wait a year but sure it's it's just like you know I'm not really in a situation where I can do that I mean the cars you know paid off and everything but it's just not it's you know the, where I'm at in my life now that's my car for the next like, six and a half years yeah so yeah. this this is the madness as well because um I mean because of how new cars are and it's like if it kind of if you have a in a dealership if you have a new car with with a built confirmed build date that's like gold dust because really they do tend to stick to confirmed build dates so if you know it's going to get built, but uh, I know a guy messaged me recently and said, um, oh, Tish, um, I'll have to let you know I've got a new RS3 on order. I'll let you know when it arrives and you can do a video on it because I think I'm going to be one of the first because I have a confirmed build date. And um, but he said I, he didn't even want one. He said that his friend knew that he wanted a car and his friend called him up and said, I know you're not even really interested in RS3, but because I have one sitting here, with a build date if you put your name down for this car you can either decide before it comes you could sell your slot and make a bit of money that way or he says I can guarantee you take delivery of this car and it's not going to lose any money for the first six months so I mean that but that's the madness of it the people that have the money are snapping up these cars yeah, they are and it's you know it's 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 insane I mean it's stuff like kind of and we see this happen a lot with um like exotic cars or cars that are in really high demands it's not uncommon for you know someone to hey i bought a gt3 you know i got one of the few allocations i'll drive it for two months put you know maybe a thousand miles on it you know i'll sell it for twenty thousand dollars more than what i paid for it drives the market up um but this is this is affecting normal cars i mean like the new ford bronco yeah here Mm -hmm. in the u.s did no one i mean first of all they can't build them and first of all everyone wants <laughs> everyone wants a bronco like it's just yeah it is i have never seen so much public interest just public interest in a car like yeah. like this i have not seen it since uh, i guess you know last you know last year with the corvette year and a half ago the new corvette but before that it was there was just you know, but it and it's, it's it's a Jeep Wrangler that's just better to drive. It's yeah, it's 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 your version of our Suzuki Jimny, isn't it? It's a hell of it's a lot. It's the different. same. It's a hell yeah. Of well, a lot. what I, I I'm what I mean is the demand and yeah. the the marketing and how it's been uh, kind of dangled in front of us and then taken away for the fact that you can't actually buy one but that just makes people go crazy for them yeah i mean now i think if you order one I mean, like the, the amount of people that put money down i mean i think if you order one now you're not getting it for probably a year and a half maybe even two years and this is a mass-produced 
car. Crazy. But yeah. it, yeah, it's insane. You know, it's getting good reviews because it deserves it. I actually was very fortunate enough. Um, not too long ago, I got to drive one. And I, yeah. you know, because I was considering that car, I was like, hmm, do I want a Defender or do I want this? Because they cost, you know, Bronco with options is almost the exact same when I paid for my Defender. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, let's just go with the Defender. I'm used to JLR, you know, who knows when this is going to come out Ford is known for, you know, for not always being on schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they weren't on schedule and then there were also other delays not related to that, but I'm glad I went with what I did because I mean, the, for what most people are going to use the Bronco for, it's going to be fine. It drives better than a Jeep. It's more comfortable than a Jeep. It's got better technology than a Jeep Wrangler. Um, it's way more desirable, but at the same time, it's still, it's, you can't hide the fact that it's a utility vehicle at heart. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of rough around the edges. The interior is very cheap. Like, really, yeah. at the same time, that's okay because it's meant to be hosed down, you know, just wipe it clean. That's, and, and for something like that, like, yeah, that's fine. Wrangler is the same way, but the Wrangler, I think, is just a little bit nicer. But yeah. it just, I was just like, yeah, I'm happy with what I went for. It's, it suits my lifestyle perfectly. It's, you know, it's nice, but, it, you know, I didn't get a fancy one. I didn't, it's not overly pretentious. It's got everything I want, everything I need. And it's, you know, it's a car that I really enjoy driving. And it's, you know, like I said, that's my car for the next six and a half, seven years. And I'm going to make the most of it. So, yeah, I think. With that, we'll kind of, um, unless you want to add anything onto that. No, no, I don't think so. So I'm going to kind of move on a little bit um, in some questions, uh, starting to kind okay, of wrap yeah, up sure. with the next uh, mm-hmm. 15 or so minutes. Um, so speaking of that, I actually have a question for, I don't really ask this, but this is kind of more for you working in the auto industry. Because uh, I know I saw a while yeah. back, it was a, uh, you had a Volkswagen Tiguan in and uh, you, it was on your story and you said, take a guess what CD was in this. You, you remember what I'm talking okay. about? Like, yeah, I do. So what is the weirdest thing you've ever found in like, you know, a, a used car that you've taken in? A laminated photo of Madeline McCann. I don't even know who that is. Uh, do you not? She's the little girl that went missing for, in Portugal. Do, do, you, do, do you remember ever hearing about it? It was huge in the UK. So essentially, um, a little girl went missing. Uh, she's never been found. She went oh. missing in Portugal, but there was there was a huge, like, but, but yeah, that was very, very odd. I, I still don't understand to, to this day why there was a, a laminated photo of her in, some, in a glove box. But no, what else have I found? There's been some strange things. Um, I tell, you, I tell you, there's one. I mean, I don't. I have a friend that used to kind of do it. You to take pictures of cars. This isn't that kind of podcast, but he. Um, I asked him the same thing. It was like weirdest thing he found was in. Um, it was in a Toyota Corolla. And like, <laughs> let's let's just let's you know let's just say it was a personal massager. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like that's like okay. <laughs> He Luckily, also, I've never come never come across anything like that. <laughs> That's good. Um, he another weird thing, like he got like a lot of CDs, a lot of in like some of the older cars that he like dealt with, a lot of like mixtape CDs. And that yeah. was like I was like, okay, that you know, and he said most of the time mixtapes, yeah. Um, yeah. Mixtape CDs are great. I think, uh, yeah, because it's like you do. It's a CD made. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. It's kind of a an insight into their life, isn't it? I've had a couple of those. They're great. Yeah, I miss, I miss CD. I mean, I in my old car, my uh, Discovery Four, I had a CD player, and I, yeah, I actually used it not all the time, but I I used it. I was like, well, you can't get them anymore. I mean, it's no. uh, there. My Defender doesn't have one. Uh, my dad's Audi actually does have one in the glove box. In the glove box, yeah. Yeah, my mom's Discovery has one as well. Um, but yeah, I think, and I was looking at this. Um, I was talking to another one of my Instagram friends who's actually local here. He has a nice little collection. And uh, 
he was listening to some CDs in his Dodge Viper. And somehow there's some way like Porsche got brought up because you know he has he has a, a Porsche as well. He's a Cayman GT4. And you know, I said it was like, you know, the last car with a CD change, like an actual like CD changer. We could put multiple CDs in it, sold here in the US as far as I know, was Porsche Cayenne and the Panamera. You could get it in that okay. up until last year. In, in right, the, okay. I was just like, yeah. Who who buys that? Like, <laughs> who would... I've got a CD. I've got a CD changer in the uh, in the Lupo. Yeah, I actually was driving. I did today. I did, did my lunch break. I had to go home. I drove my dad's old car, which he sold to the company. It's a GMC Envoy. You're lucky you never had to deal with any of those over there. Um, that thing has <laughs> that thing has a six disc CD changer. I think since 2006 and. I'll be honest, like the amount of equipment that thing had, it's, it's got a CD changer, but it has voice control, which was pretty uncommon. Wow. In those some like high end, yeah. had it, but not something like that. Has uh, rain sensing wipers, which was pretty uncommon back then, especially in, you know, a mainstream car. Has the worst Bose audio system I've ever heard. Uh, it's got the it's got that old like Panasonic TV that flips down. Yeah, we bought that brand new, and the sticker price was forty three thousand dollars, which was pretty. You know, it wasn't that expensive considering the average car is like here in the U.S. is like thirty seven thousand. But with all the discounts we got on that, it was year end event. General Motors had the uh, discounts going on. The dealership had a discount going on. And my mom's friend has a General Motors friends and family discount. We ended up paying $29,000 for that. Oh and it had, I mean, the only options, it did not have navigation and it did not have a sunroof. And it did not have the V8 engine as a straight six, which actually made only nine horsepower less than the V8. So there's really no reason to get the V8. But yeah, that thing is <laughs> the stuff that you would not expect. So um, let's uh, kind of moving on. Uh, so that was interesting. So CDs are always fun. Um, anything else you want to add, like just in kind of memorable? No, things? not like I can remember. No, I'm trying to. I, I, you saying about CDs though? I remember I was absolutely gutted. I, uh, I found a mixtape and it was a really good. It had it was a great R and B mixtape, and um, I, I took it out. I got it out of a part exchange and I kept it. And I had it in my demo, which at the time was um, a gold T-Rock, turmeric yellow, but gold. And I loved that car. And I had that CD in it. And I was gutted because I sold that car and they shipped it to Japan. But I forgot to take the CD out of the, out of the CD changer. But I love the fact that now also that's now gone from the UK, uh, from me taking it out of Park Exchange, driving around in my demo. It's now been shipped to Japan with the CD in the, in the wow. CD player. All the, so uh, yeah, all, that. all the side of the world. That's in either like either. I think there's there's only three options that could happen. One person found it and threw it away. Two person found it is and is enjoying it. Or three, it st could still be in there. You know, it's um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's let's uh, move on. Uh, so I guess mm -hmm. uh. What got you into cars? I know you said you're not like, you know, you like cars. Obviously, your whole career yeah. revolves around cars, but you're not like super, you're not like me, you know. You're I wouldn't like, call myself a petrol head, no. Good. No. Um, so, I, to be honest, to be honest, it is a bit of a, um, an, an anomaly that I, that I have ended up uh, being into cars but essentially I think it was mainly from um, when I was at college I kind of just got taken under the wing of a guy who was like massively into his cars and um, it was at the time when I was going to purchase my my first car and um, he was kind of sending me options and saying like this is really cool this is really cool yeah. um, and then I bought the Lupo and yeah and at the time he had a Polo and he was kind of saying to me like oh my friend's just taking the uh the suspension off of the upgraded suspension off of his like and it would fit on yours like do you want to put it on yours and all this stuff and he kind of encouraged me and uh to 
modify my first car and then um, yeah we used to go to car meets together and things like that and it was kind of him that brought me into the world um, of cars but I've always I've always had an interest in them um, and then yeah I worked um, as a social media executive at a used car dealership who was actually at the time uh, so we were the biggest used car dealership on Facebook when Facebook was the big thing you know kind of before anyone used Instagram um, I think we had we had like way over a million uh, followers on it oh, wow. which was big at the time yeah, yeah. and um, yeah it was, it was kind of how we sold a lot of our cars was, was done via Facebook um, so that was really good fun we got a lot of interesting stuff in in there kind of we would we would touch in like we had Lamborghinis and Bentleys and, and the occasional bits um, and then yeah from there obviously worked at Volkswagen and then worked at a prestige dealer which was probably the place where I saw the best cars um so yeah but I've always I've always had an interest in it yeah, that's but cool I can't said. say exactly where it came from <laughs> well, that's cool you know you had a friend that kind of you know eh, to me that sounds a lot like me you know I've you know kind of you know, a few years back when all of my friends were getting their cars they were all like oh you know Alex or it's weird like everyone like in high school my no one called me by my first name. It was always Chum, 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 come here, Chum. You know, what car should I get? And it's just like, I, I was like, all right, well, first, what's your budget? What do you want out of the car? You know, what, what's important to you in a car? Is it, you know, do you want something that's cool? Do you want something that's safe? Do you want something that's you know, fuel efficient, whatever, whatever? I'd come up with like, you, you know, pure cars in different segments. This is my top choice and whatever. And yeah, mm -hmm. you know, I, got a lot of people to choose good cars so that's kind yeah, of yeah sure not exactly the same but just like you know like everyone came to me yeah knew you that you know i was a massive gearhead or petrol head obviously for you guys across the pond um but that's kind of how gear gearhead is a very yeah. different thing around <laughs> over here <laughs> i don't i have a feeling it's something i probably don't want to know yeah <laughs> um so obviously what cars you currently own we'll skip over that because you said you have the abarth and the, the lupo gti um both uh you know i've driven an abarth uh, and not sold here anymore really really fun little car um mm -hmm. it's just full of character i'm not a big fan of the design it's a little bit too feminine for, for me personally but uh it's oh it, absolutely it's, it's old school. I, you know, normally I don't like. Well, cars. yeah, it has been the same design for thirteen years. It's not changed for thirteen years, so right. definitely right. old school in that sense. <laughs> I've, I've never driven a modern car with so much turbo lag. I mean, the one, one I drove was like completely dead under like three thousand thirty five hundred RPM. But at the same time, I was like, I love that because cars aren't like that anymore. It's just it yeah, kind of like an old skin. It sounds great, and it was it was it was just really really fun little car. And then my buddy that had it crashed it into he, 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 was, he got hurt i mean i mean he had like oh. a, a broken arm it's not it's not a big car and you know pickup truck crashed into him so that's not gonna that's not gonna it's not, not gonna win that battle no um so just a couple more here um mm -hmm. what is so what is like the most interesting and or weird car that you've driven yeah i know you've oh, been, really in, been in and out of a lot of different cars yeah that's so. my that's my head's like oh my god where do i even well i mean what the, the weirdest has got to be the ami surely which yeah. the ami has also just taken over as my most successful video on the channel really? so it's just hit 100 120,000 views but it's not like slowing it. down it's going it's going crazy um and what was it very, i think I, the, the army what was your well so it, uh so actually it went um for for ages early on in my channel is the jimny so mm -hmm. the jimny was up there as the most popular um and then there's been a few things in between ford ranger did really well um but then it was the f pace um, so the F-Pace smashed everything out of the water. But the main reason for that, I think, was the fact that uh, the press here didn't bother handing any of them out to um, any, like, to any YouTubers because there was no point handing out a car that you couldn't order. 
So I just don't think they bothered. But for that reason, I was one of the, I think there's like three F-Pace videos on the whole of the internet and one of them is mine. So obviously that's what kind of shot it up. And then, and then the AMI, I just, um, I managed to get the AMI video out probably about two weeks before they announced it. It was, it was officially coming to the UK. So then that resurged back out and um, yes, it's not, not slowing down. I think I get about, I get about 15 comments on that one a day. I would agree that is a very strange car yeah whatever the hell it is yeah speaking of the F-Pace like I even told you that was like my personal favorite video of yours I mean the visuals because didn't you have like didn't you outsource like filming for that I mean they did I did yeah they did a fantastic job with that and it was a yeah it was a great and that car I mean we had one the new one is a loaner uh months back and it it was my mom keeps saying she soon she wants to get rid of her discovery and get a Porsche Macan and I keep telling yep. her it's a great Macan's a great car but the one you want you're going to be putting twenty thousand dollars worth of options on it get an F-Pace save a lot of money it drives almost as well and you know, yeah it's a it's a phenomenal never driven the crossover that is not too much different than the sedan or saloon sure that it's sure based on because i mean it, it's because mm-hmm. that's you know based on the, like i guess it's more it's kind of weird it's in between like x3 and x5 size but more toward x3 but yeah that thing drives much more like an xe or an xf than say an x3 drives mm-hmm. compared to a three series in my opinion but yeah but yeah uh, i'd say for me the weird there's so many weird cars that i've driven but kind of the weirdest one was I don't know like it changes all the time but I'd say probably the Chevrolet SSR I don't know you're probably not familiar with it I'll I'll send you a picture when we're done with this no clue but it when (laughs) I was when I was a kid I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world but now that I've gotten older I'm like yeah that thing's pretty pretty stupid it was like the pickup truck that wasn't really a pickup truck it was kind of like a holding you but okay a rod had a corvette engine it was in as a kid i thought it looked awesome but it was bad it was just it's hideous also up at hummer h2 i've driven one of those that was weird um, okay yeah that was that was enormous bad. yes when those things count they're fucking huge and now that thing, my Defender, not that much smaller than Hummer H2. Yeah. How big cars have gotten in the past 20 years. Um, so let's do uh, let's do two more. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, three more. Two more, and then there's one kind of big question that I ask everyone. Uh, so what is a car that's not sold in your home market, obviously that being the UK, that interests you or that you want to drive? Uh, well, you know, I love the look, but then I don't want to say that because obviously with you saying about it, but the Ford Bronco, I, I do think that looks great. Um, yeah, massively. I was, when I saw that, I was really excited. I mean, they're still teasing that there could be a possibility that it will come to the UK, but like you're saying, you can't even get them in the US. So the, the chances of us getting them here are probably going to be pretty rare. That's weird because I remember when it came out, like the little Bronco horse yeah, Bronco's a horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. The, the logo on the back, they did two different ones. They did one that's like textured and like 3D for the US market. And then they did one for the European market. It was completely flat because apparently a badge can make or break pedestrian regulations. Um, okay. Then they announced that they're not selling it in, in Europe. It's, it's just mm-hmm. North America. And I think think the middle east gets it as well but so who, who knows um i'm surprised they're not selling a bronco sport in europe i think that would do very well it's based on the estate yeah. for, for, for you guys the kuga uh it, it looks a hell of a lot better um the interior is a hell of a lot worse that interior <laughs> in that one it's really cheap and it's kind of like yeah why do we have a kuga which is the same car costs the same money it's a lot nicer but yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. Um, I, those have been doing really well. Those have sold. I see those all the time now. And that car's only been on sale for about a year. Um, so, all right. Um, dream car. I know the answer to, or one of the answers to. You and I have kind of similar taste in cars. So, yeah, yeah. So you're, yeah, uh, Jaguar, Jaguar F-Type R uh, for me, massively. Yeah, what a beautiful car. Um, I drove one whilst I was at my previous job at Mantis Cars, fell in love with it. Um, for me, I'm always somebody that's going to want a four-wheel drive system or all-wheel drive system. Um, I don't particularly get on with BMWs and the, the what people love about BMWs, I don't like. So I do like a car that I know has my back. And um, yeah, I could just, I push that car, the Jaguar F-Type R, I push that so hard. And um, beautiful, yeah, yeah, really good. So I have not driven an R rear wheel drive because those were very rare. Those were only available for a year. Um, I have driven the V8S convertible. It was rear wheel drive. That, mm -hmm. that was the first year car that was uh, the V8. So that was 495 horsepower instead of 550. That thing was a handful. I mean, it was yeah. like, okay. And then the all-wheel drive system added so much weight. But what I love about Jaguar's all-wheel drive system, it's always rear-wheel drive unless if it slips. And then it can sink mm -hmm. only up to 50% of the torque to the front axle. And that's why I like, you know, those all-wheel drive systems. It's um still allows you to have some fun, still allows you to, uh, you know, but without, it's still, like you said, it still has your back at the end of the day. Um, sure. But yeah, so uh, kind of this would be the last question. Uh, and this is a big one. Uh, what so so far this year you've driven a lot of cars. Uh, you've driven mm -hmm. a lot of cars. You've driven a lot of cars that you fell in love with. You've driven. I'm sure you've driven some cars that you did not like at all. So, what is your car of the year, or the best car that you think you've driven this year up to this point? Still have a two and a half months left, but. Um, do you know what? Probably the Audi e-tron GT. That's a solid choice. And I, to be honest with you, I think this might, I, I don't know if you listened to my first one, but I did say in that, and I think this might surprise you. I think, honestly, the car that shocked me the most this year that I was so impressed with was the Porsche Taycan. Yeah, yeah. Which is obviously the same platform as the e-tron, but sure. I, um, I was... It was first and foremost a Porsche, and then it was mm -hmm. just happened to be electric. And I was, I was, I really was blown away. I mean, that is the car that yeah. came. I came this close to being an electric car convert. Still, yeah. but um, and also up there, I know you know we talked about this a long, long time ago. Was the Maki that was mm -hmm. uh, blew me away? I know you didn't feel quite the same on it because I, I still don't think you had the proper. Experience. No, I think that was I think I think that was the issue is the the difference between the American and the UK spec. Um and yeah, I think the one I drove was just so dulled down. Um that was what I disliked about it. It was and I didn't even drive mine was the all-wheel drive, the big battery. So it, it was like 300, I think 346 horsepower. It was zero to 60 mm -hmm. like the fours. Not like brutally fast, but quick, really quick. And in, in I know the GT is right around the corner and I'm going to yeah. to test drive that and I am dying to. Uh, sure, sure. One word, Magnaride, or two words, Magnaride dampers <laughs> change everything. You know, I'm not a big advocate for that. Uh, but mm -hmm. that's kind of my, you know, that Tycon Turbo was my. Uh, I think uh, I would be very interested to know, uh, to see how you would feel about the Audi e-tron GT as well, because um, driving the Audi e-tron GT, I really didn't think anything could make me want to choose. I don't know why I would ever want, anyone would ever want to choose an Audi over a Porsche. I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. Um, and then I sat in it and it was just uh, the, the, the difference in but i guess that that is kind of the ethos of both companies the the porsche is very much about like comfort enjoyment um it's very like modern very very clean very comfortable um the audi was more a driver focused car really um and that's kind of what i loved about it it was the fact that 
from sitting in the in the Taycan, like obviously I loved it, it was beautiful. And then you kind of sat in the Audi and just like you're tunneled in straight away. Everything's r- really like tunneled around you. Yeah. I, um, I, and the, 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 I, I know sure. exactly what you mean. Yeah, I used to do when I when I was at the driving the all the QA to my buddy, the, they had one there and it was in the showroom. They couldn't really take it out to drive, but it, I know exactly what you did. Sitting in it, it felt more driver focused than the Porsche, which it did, yeah. you would think. You would think it felt the, the, the Audi e-tron GT felt like a performance car. Whereas the Taycan felt like a, like a luxury car yeah. as it should. Yeah. But, but it that's is. what shocked, that's what shocked me. I don't know. I think I might uh, down the line, hopefully sometime soon, I can uh, make arrangements for that and see uh, you know, the difference between those. Because I know that obviously the Icon will still be faster because it it's the Porsche. You can't spit of a, a social no-no with Volkswagen. You can't really make anything yeah. faster than the Porsche or the you know Lamborghini. But um, but yeah. So uh, I guess last thing, you know, what's the worst car you've driven this year? If if you can say that without you know having anyone yell at you from whether it be press um, yeah no the worst um I mean I'm literally at, at the moment I've got like thousands of cars rolling I mean you've got a better memory than I have can you remember anyone that I particularly moaned about you know I didn't like the, the uh Mackie mm-hmm. but, you didn't, but I feel like it, it's, I you, can't you can't hate it you you it was kind of like what I, I was just I was just yeah. di- I was just disappointed yeah I was just disappointed but really I can't I don't I'm sure there's something I moan, must have moaned about there's or found I mean I mean the, the what I'm what I'm driving at the moment or what goes back tomorrow is is pretty pretty bad for me um yeah that was hard uh I've never felt so uncool in a car in all my life uh, and that's that's the key that's the key of soul and you know i agree with you but ob- objectively at least here in the u.s that's one of the cheaper cars you can get here in the u.s i think for the money forget what it looks like because right? we can all agree it, it's hideous yeah. that's one of the best cars you can get like for that kind it's, of money it, in terms of it's, it's, Essentially, that's what I say in the review. And um, I think I summed it up pretty well in the review of saying um, the Kia EV Soul reminded me a lot of uh, your favorite pair of trainers. Um, they're no longer in fashion. They're not cool. They're, they're a bit battered um, and everyone laughs at them. But actually, you know that you can go out and wear those pair of trainers and you'll be in comfort all day and you won't have to worry about anything and your feet aren't going to hurt. And it's kind of that. It's like it's it's uh I feel like the key is always for when you no longer care what people think of you and you know that what you have is good and that's fine. So I mean I loved it. I loved it in that sense that it just you can't fault it as a car, but yeah, my god, I yeah, I felt every inch of uh, street cred I had less leaving my body. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, for me it's kind of hard because I like the Tesla, I fucking hate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I hate that car so much, but you, there's lots of good things about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't need to say that, but there is lots of, you know, it, it does make sense for a lot of people. And I think with my review, kind of the whole issue was I was comparing it to an M3, to uh, Cadillac ATS, the RS5 solely from a performance perspective, not from other stuff. In terms of other stuff, I think the Tesla does a lot better in some cases than all the rest of those cars. But in terms of just like a performance sedan, it just wasn't. Acceleration is not everything. It needs to handle well and it handled fine, but not to the level of what all the competitors are. It's just- In in America, do Tesla share their charge points or are they only allowed to- charge teslas like like well, super like you're talking about the superchargers right yeah the ones that are labeled tesla yeah i i think they i think i saw a headline not too long ago where they were allowing other people to use it um okay so for, really for now them. at the moment it sure in the uk you can still they won't share them yeah 
Oh, Yankees are and that's why, but and that's why so many people buy them because that's they have the infrastructure network. ready. Exactly. Yeah. And going back to what we said a while ago, the Yanks. Anyway, but I think um, maybe this year the one of the worst cars, like objectively that I've driven was a uh, that remember that rental Kia I had in Miami a couple months oh. ago. But I almost, I yeah, almost sure. in the road. <laughs> that was it was it was just really cheap and it was it was just the definition of a rental car it wasn't anything you know the footage is a great car if you hit it with options but the base model yeah no thank you so i'll tell you what let's uh let's wrap this up now um so mm -hmm. tish thank you so much for coming on i have down you know where we can find you ahead if, if you want to go ahead and say that um obviously youtube instagram uh you're on yeah. tiktok as well i'm not on that but I mean, luckily, I think it's all pretty straightforward, isn't it? It's all it's all pretty much auto social UK. I think there's a few of them, a few uh, variations. There's kind of some underscores in the Instagram, but most of the time, if you type it in, you're going to find it. So yeah, auto social UK on everything, really. All right. Well, said, you know, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, like I said, everyone, give her a follow. She's uh, become a good one of my closer, you know, Instagram friends. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, you know, she makes great content. You know, she knows what she's talking about. Maybe I don't know if you say you're not a true petrol head, but I, I kind of have my doubts about that. So, <laughs> Tish, thank you so much for coming on. It means a lot, and uh, catch you all later. No problem. Thank you. Bye. Thanks.